Shabbos of Tzadik Test. Today's email comes from Manchester. Benny Gittleson from Manchester. He says he works in a bakery. He's 19 years old. He hasn't been in yeshiva for three years because he doesn't think learning all day is for him. He went to the Sinoshas, got inspiration. His boss, Velvet, introduced him to our daf, and he tells him it's kishmak and it's fun. So he gave it a try, and he's never missed a day since. My days feel different when learning the daf with you. I really enjoy it. This has made me learn every day. Sometimes he, t- he watches in the bakery with his boss, and then he goes home and watches it again with a Gemara. I can't believe I still do the daf every day, he says. I can't wait to finish shots. Coming from a boy who says learning for him all day is not for him. All the way from Manchester, Ben Gilson, Chazak Ve'amatz. We learned the other day that the Mishkan was covered with three Yeriyos, three garments. The lower one was made out of purple wool, blue wool, and red wool, and sheish, which is linen. The second layer was made out of goat's hair. The Gemara tells us it's a lot more difficult to make the goat's hair. You have to have a lot more chachma, like the Torah says, Liban bechachma. It's not just chachma, but their heart and chachma. What is the difference? For the goat's hair, they would wash the goat's hair while it was still on the goat, and weave it while it was still on the goat, and that took a lot of chachma. Rebbe says that the wagons that carry the krushim between the wagons, under the wagon, and between the wheels is all considered Rishus Harabim. The reason why the wagon was two and a half amma wide, although a kerish is only at most one and a half amma wide, and it could fit directly on the wagon, the reason is because they put the krushim lengthways on the narrow way. And we're concerned that if it was only an amma and half wide, the krushim, which are ten ammas long, would tip over. If the wagon is five amas, and the way we set up these krushim is either three stacks of four, or four stacks of three, but either way, the most it is, is three stacks of four, and each stack is one half amma wide, one and a half amma times three is four and a half amma. Why was the wagon five ammas? You have extra amma here. It says the Gemara was necessary because, first of all, the Krushim had tabais, they had rings. Second of all, you can't squeeze them that tight. If the wagon was only four and a half amma, for instance, it would be impossible to squeeze something that's four and a half amma into four and a half amma. We gave it a few extra inches. If you take an agala, agala is two and a half amma, plus the wheels is five amma. Two agala side by side is ten amma. But between agala and agala, there was five amma space. Together you have 15 amas. Why is it that we say Rishus Rabbim has to be 16 amas? Where do we get that extra amma? Says the Gemara something very interesting. When the Agalas were moving through the Midbar, there was a lady behind the Agalas keeping eye on the Krushim. If he noticed that a carriage was about to topple over, he bent over in a half a amma area on the side of the Agala. And then he would rearrange the Krushim. That half a amma on each side is another amma, and that's why we have 16 amois for Rishus Harabim. The mission tells us that if you have a pit and the bank of a pit, in other words, somebody dug out a pit and he has a bank, together it's 10 tzvachim, by 4 tzvachim, by 4 tzvachim, 10 tzvachim deep, that creates Rishus Hayachim. If you have the reverse, you have a stone on Rishus Harabim that's 10 tzvachim high, 4 by 4 wide, that's a Rishus Hayachim. So if you take something, you put it on top of the stone, take something, you put it into the pit, you're over an Yitzah, or Achnasa. The Gemara says, why does it tell us a case of a pit with a bank? Just say, a ten tfachim pit. The answer is to tell us the Chiddush that five tfachim, let's say, of a pit and five tfachim of a bank combine together to make one rishos. If a pit does not have walls surrounding it, it's the middle of rishos rabbim, it's also to drink from it. Even if your head is over the pit, perhaps you'll take water out of the pit into rishos rabbim, you'll be over on achnasa. 
If there are walls, it's mutter. And if there are no walls, and you put your entire body, or most of your body and your head, into the pit, then it's also mutter. Rav Mordechai asks Rava, what happens if you take an object and you throw it on top of this stone that's in the middle of Rishas Rabbah? Do we say, since you picked it up from Rishas HaYachid, you did an Akira, and it landed, or from the Rishas Rabbah, you did an Akira, and it landed on the Rishas HaYachid, you did an Akira and Anacha, or perhaps, since it had to travel through a Mokim Tur, we know that above Ten Tzvachim is no longer Rishas Rabbah, since this object traveled through a Mokim Tur, the person should be potter. He asked Rava, he asked Abayah, he asked Rav Yosef, all three of them told him the same exact words. It's our Mishnah. In our Mishnah it says that if you take an object and you put it on top of a stone, you're over. So you see, even though he went through the Mokim he threw it through the Mokim you are still Chayiv. And he told them, do you spit the same spit? Why are you telling me the same exact words? And what about you? What do you think, Rav Mordechai? He said, I think that we could explain our Mishnah that we're talking about a needle that is that landed or you put it on a a protrusion from that rock. It's not on top of the tenth vachim, it's below the tenth vachim. Nevertheless, that protrusion is considered part of the Rosh Hashanah because it's part of the rock. Or you put it into a groove in the rock. That's how you could be dachik our Mishnah. If you have a very narrow fence that you built in order to surround the Carmelis, which is only Rosh Hashanah, and you just created Rosh Hashanah, Gemara has a question, what happens if you throw something and it lands on top of that fence? The top of the fence is not for Tzvachim, so it's not Rosh Hashanah. On the other hand, since it created Rosh Hashanah, the inside of Rosh Hashanah is as if it filled up, and now the fence, rather than looking at it as a very narrow fence, it's a very wide fence, it's the entire size of the Rosh Hashanah. comes along and says a third shot, and he says, if this fence has the power to make a Carmelis into Rosh Hashanah, then the fence should have a power to make itself a Rosh Hashanah, and therefore, you're Chayev. Rabbi Yochan had a beautiful question, two questions actually. What happens if you have a pit that's only nine tefachim deep, and you go and you dig out the final tefach? Is that considered an akira that you lift up something from within a pit? Or perhaps it wasn't a pit when you lifted it up, but it happened together simultaneously. Do we say that simultaneously you're able to be chayv on or not? He says, and even if you're going to say that when you lifted it up, it didn't have a proper ten tefachim. So what happens if you do something in reverse? You take a pit that's ten tefachim, and you throw dirt to the bottom of the pit, and now it's no longer ten tefachim. Are you over? At the end of the day, you threw dirt into a place that was ten tefachim. It was rishayachim. But by the time it landed, it just was. It just became, let's say, nine tefachim. It's less than ten tefachim, but it happened simultaneously. Are you chayiv or not? And the Gemara says you cannot prove from Rabbi Yechon himself, who says that if you throw a very juicy, sticky fig onto the wall, four arms in rishayachim, you're chayiv. Why should you be chayiv? Let's say that the fig just reduced, even in a case where it was exactly four arms, you threw it on the wall, you're chayiv. But you just reduce the area it's a little less than four amos because now you have the fig to contend with. So the says you can't answer that because the fig is something that you're going to eat later on. So you don't want to be mevatel that fig to the wall. But dirt, you want the dirt to stay in the bottom of the pit. So perhaps it reduced the size of the pit. If you threw a plank of wood, let's say, onto very narrow beams in Rosh and you just created a Rosh with the plank, and on top of the plank, let's say, you had another item. And as it landed, they both landed together. Do we say that that other item landed on Rosh Hashayachet, but it happened together with the plank, and that's the same thing as Rabbi Yechonon said, that it happened together, and perhaps it shouldn't be a Rosh Hashayachet. But maybe as it landed, whatever item it was, jumped up a little bit from the hard landing, and it came down. That second landing should make it another Hanacha. And you should be Chayev. The Gemara remains with the Teku, 
Have a wonderful day.